You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. so grateful you'll join us now for In the Studio with Michael Card and Wayne Shepherd. This podcast comes to you weekly, and what a joy to uh, sit and talk with Mike and the guests that we have. And we connect with people all over the world, Michael. Uh, this is this is real privilege, isn't it? It, it really is amazing. Uh, a little later on, we're going to talk this to a brother from Cairo, Egypt. Come yeah. on. And then yeah. you, have an, you have an email there from Sudan. I do. Uh, Magdi wrote to us and said, I am from Sudan. I was introduced to Michael Card music in 1988 when I was 24. I still listen to your beautiful songs while meditating in the mornings on my farm outside of Khartoum. May God bless you richly and continue wow. to use you. <laughs> does that blow wow. your mind or what? It really does. I, I can't wrap my mind around that, right? <laughs> Khartoum? Thank you, Magdi, for taking the time to to write uh, an encouraging note, though. We appreciate yeah. it. Somehow God takes these little efforts that we do and, and uh, magnifies them around the world. And it, it uh, yeah, I have no other word than it's just an honor and a privilege to serve the Lord this way, Mike. And I know you feel that way, too. Yeah, my, my new response when people thank me and encourage me and I get so much good encouragement, my new response is, well, if it really helped you, I had nothing to do with it because that's how it works. Good right? point. The fact that someone in Khartoum listens to has been listening since 1988, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't control Very that, can you? No, no. Good point. Good no, perspective. No. Yeah. Well, here's what's coming up today. We're going to hear more in the second half, our second half of the hour here from uh, your teaching at the Cove, uh, the, the encounter that Jesus had with a blind man in John chapter 9 that's coming up in our Walk with Jesus series. So we're grateful to have that recorded previously, and we'll be sharing that. And as you said, in a few moments, we'll be placing a call to Cairo and talking with a man named Kareem Joseph. So uh, his book is called The Encounters. Um, I, I I just have a sense that God's really going to uh, uh, use our conversation with Kareem in a special way here today. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm looking forward to hearing his voice. We've corresponded uh, some, but uh, to get to actually uh, meet him is going to be a, a very cool thing. Yep. Well, we have just a moment before we hear a song from you. We're going to hear Emmanuel here in a moment. But uh, what else is going on, Mike? How are you doing? Uh, recovering from, uh, just got back from the Cove. Uh, 13 one-hour classes in like five days there. With So exhausted, Wayne. <laughs> Actually, really tired. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a wonderful time. I always do. I love going to the Cove. Uh, it's everything you'd expect from the Graham uh, organization. Yeah. Uh, even the the maid the maids who make your bed pray for you. Wow! As they're cleaning your room. Wow! I mean, it's it's an uh, unbelievable place. Doesn't yeah. get better than that. So uh, I had a great time there. Talked about talked about details from the life of Jesus, and uh, had a great time. Okay. Well, we're going to hear from uh, your teaching from the Cove from John chapter nine here in just a few moments in the second half of the program. So stay tuned for that, and stay tuned for our next conversation after Michael sings Emmanuel. A sign shall be given, a virgin will conceive, a human baby bearing undiminished DNA. 
glory of the nations, a light for all to see, and hope for all who will embrace His one reality. Stand against us, our God is with us, Emmanuel. For all those who live in the shadow of death, a glorious light. As always, thank you for that. Uh, we're going to make a new friend here on the program today. Kareem Joseph is with us all the way from Cairo, Egypt. Uh, I don't know if we've ever t- spoken with anyone from Egypt before on the program, but here he is. Do you know Kareem, Michael? We've we've uh, we've corresponded, but this is my first chance to get to see him. You are a much younger person than I thought <laughs> you would be. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Kareem. Kareem's a math teacher and uh, a follower of Jesus and a writer of books. He's written three books. And uh, boy, it's great to get to meet you. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Wayne. It's my honor and pleasure to meet you guys and to see you. That's great. One of the wonderful things about Zoom is that we get to see our guests. I wish our, our listening friends could see the guests that we get to interact with, but uh, it's it's wonderful to make this connection, Kareem. Now, in addition to, Michael mentioned your math background, but tell me more about your life, what you do. I, I serve in, in my church. Uh, 
in the youth meeting. I'm, I'm actually an engineer. Um, and then I, I, I made, uh, I, I, I got my MBA from here also, from, from, from Egypt. And in the process, I was the founder and owner of uh, Vine Bookstore, which was the first wow. online Christian bookstore in Egypt. Yeah, huh. we, we carried books and CDs and, and, many, and gifts and many things uh, uh, until it, it, I mean, this business ran from 2008 until 2019. Okay. Due to, to the, yeah. the, um, the currency exchange and, and the, the prices went skyrocketing, actually. So uh, I, I couldn't sustain it more than yeah. this. It went the way of all bookstores, it seems, these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then I'm a math teacher now. Okay, you're, so you're an engineer and you teach math in Cairo. Yep. So my, my question is, were you involved in those pyramids, in building those pyramids there? I mean, that took a lot of engineering, Michael. right? Michael. Uh, yes, yes. You know, you know what? I, I don't like to, to speak a lot about myself. I'm very humble. But actually, I mean, a, fact, a fact, there are 2 million and 600,000 stones in the big pyramid alone. This is a fact. Uh-huh. That's a fact. I won't tell you how much I built by myself. So, <laughs> so, so, so you so you built those ramps all around the side and pushed them up uh, there and some everything. Of them, some of them, yeah. Wow, uh, uh, Kareem. I don't know what to do with Mike sometimes, but uh. you know he is who he is, right? Each stone weighs between two and fifteen tons. Each stone. Wow. Yep. Yeah, each one. So you must really be tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, we did not call this gentleman in Cairo to talk about the pyramids, Michael. We called him to talk hey. about his book, The Encounters. So can I get that, us on track here, please? Yes, yes, Kareem, but this just means that you're accepted into the beloved. If we tease you, that means we like you in, in America. That's that's our love language. Yep, that's our go. love language. <laughs> well, when did you turn to writing books? I mean, you've you've accomplished so much in life and, and yeah. uh, writing books. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother thing. Yes. And I never, ever dreamt of, of writing a book. Never. Uh, mm-hmm. But like uh, four years ago, um, I was just reading a passage in the Bible, very normal. And then uh, I, I thought of, I, I liked it. And I thought of, okay, well, how about a, a small Bible study in it? Something just writing my remarks, my comments about it. And this very mm-hmm. short paragraph in the Bible, it took me three years writing it. Oh, and wow. I was, wow. yeah, this was for me like an eye opening, like God is um, just showing me how the Bible is related to each other and how a very small paragraph in the Old Testament is speaking a lot about Jesus, speaking about, a lot about my, my life with Jesus. So mm-hmm. I ended up writing like, more than 200 pages and I thought of uh, you know what I've been writing for three years Uh, how about I try to publish it That and sounds then, very much like Michael Carr to take a, a passage of scripture and just to dig deep Michael it sounds like you well I, I, I when I hear you describing the process I totally understand what happens there's a passage and you just fall in love with it and you start digging and getting deeper and deeper. And then you write 200 pages and you feel like you barely scratch the surface. Uh, am I yes. right? 
totally, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I remember sometimes I, I, I just pray and, and, and ask God, okay, God, is there any any other paragraph in the Bible I'm going to read about? <laughs> <laughs> this one only, but it, it, as Michael said, I keep digging and digging and digging and I, 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 I really, it, it's wonderful. Yeah. So this was yeah, my first book actually uh, about the cities of refuge in the Old Testament okay. and how they are relating to our lives uh, w- w- with Jesus and how each city like reflects uh, uh, things that Jesus did for our lives. Wow. Wow. And we are the beneficiaries of, of, of that from both of you. So thank you yeah. for doing yeah. that. Now, your latest book is called The Encounters. And that's uh, writing about the encounters that people had, individuals had with Jesus. So let's talk about that. How did I write it? Part of it, actually, I I can relate to Michael in it uh, because uh, I remember, I I like the the style of Michael's songs. And I remember the first song I ever heard to Michael. And it it was a a very short, of course, it was a cassette tape, actually, not Mm -hmm. a CD. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my friends gave it to me, and one of the songs was the song of Gomer, and oh, I, yes. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it, <clears throat> and then I, I began to hearing more and more. Um, so, and then I began to 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 love everything. So, and I began mm-hmm. to, to to buy many CDs. Uh, uh, so, I, I like this style of m- music and songs about uh, like a story in the Bible, and I'm. Um, turning it into a song. So I guess it gives me a, a new vision. So mm-hmm. one of the, the things that I was going to write about uh, was, um, I, I wrote, I, I came to my mind to write about encounters with Jesus, people in the Bible who, who, who had real encounters with Jesus. And most of these people are nameless. We don't know even their names, like the mm-hmm. madman in the grave or like the prostitute or like the thief on the cross beside Jesus. We don't know their names. We know very little about them, but the encounters with Jesus was very profound, and the change in their lives was was really like shocking. So, uh, and I thought about uh, how about I write it in a different way, like a narrative way, like if they were speaking their story, how will they tell tell it? So the first one was the mad one actually, and then it came popping and. Uh, so after each uh, encounter, I decided to put like the lyrics of a song. Uh, so I actually I used um, like four of Michael's uh, songs. One of them is the, the forgiving eyes for, because this is the, the, the lady, the prostitute mm-hmm. lady, when Jesus forgave her. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is hope, the, the, the encounter of hopeless. Uh, I, I got, is it all over now? when Mariam went to the grave and she saw that Kalas, it, it's done and Jesus is dead and nothing. So she felt hopeless. And I, I guess many of us uh, can feel hopeless in, in, in one way or another, on, on one point or another in our lives. Um, maybe we lost uh, somebody who's dear to us. Maybe we failed. Maybe we sinned. So I, I feel hopeless. But the song was very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I actually I used four of Michael's songs in, 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 in four different encounters out of the seven. And also in the introduction, I used the song, which is come lift up your sorrows, because one of the sentences was uh, he is waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this is the, the, the essence of my book, 
that God is waiting for you for an encounter. So this Beautiful. Is the ah. That God is waiting uh, for each one of us to have a deep encounter. So in, in the same sense, so in the same sense as those uh, 40 some odd people, uh, nameless people uh, encountered Jesus, that's what you're anticipating. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's a very cool idea. And Someone I, should write a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder who could do that, huh, Kareem? Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> well, I, and I love the the form of the the narrative form that you've chosen to tell here. Um, th- th- that's that communicates to every generation, doesn't it? Yes, I, I guess so. Uh, it, it, it was very strange for me, actually. And I'm not used. I'm not used to writing. I'm not a professional. That professional. I, I just. I wrote two books before. The second one was a very short one, and then this one. But I, I just felt it inside of me, and I, I just feel like ideas coming popping in my mind, and then just mm-hmm. writing them. Actually, the, the the second day I I finished this book and I published I published through Amazon. Because of course, uh, to publish it, I cannot publish it in 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 in, in Egypt. It's very expensive, mm-hmm. and in the states, the any publisher, they t- they told me either I must be an American uh, writer or I have an experience. So, uh. well, well, we'll 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 set them straight from here on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. yeah. But, but the yeah. next day, I finished uh, actually this book on Amazon. I started the first one actually. So yeah. So it's just wow. popping inside wow. of my my mind. Are you working on anything now? Anything yeah. new? I, I started my fourth book actually, and I just made the layout. It's been in my mind for for quite a, a time now. So mm-hmm. good. And hopefully, yeah. Kareem, um, it's so wonderful to hear you talk about the creative process. We talk about this a lot here with Michael, and it was so refreshing to hear you talk about just following the spirit's lead. When these thoughts would come to you, that that's that was very refreshing for me to hear. I'm wondering what what did you feel you learned about Jesus from uh, encountering these encounters in Scripture? What did you learn? One of the things for me, um, it's not it's not one encounter ever. I guess mm. I need to encounter Jesus daily in my life, each day. Mm-hmm. So, this is even my message, even to, to, to anybody who's going to read the book. I, I want this. There is a, a very strong encounter which will change your, your lives. Like these seven people, that was like a life-changing encounter. But I guess I need to, 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 to see Jesus in my daily life, not just once. It's not just once in a life encounter, but it is something mm-hmm. that is daily. It's a progress. Yeah, and I, I believe yeah. I, I've been a believer since I was 16 years old, but these last couple of years have been amazing for me. Actually, I, I had COVID a couple of years ago, and it was extremely severe. I, I went to the hospital and I stayed there for like 24 nights, oh, and goodness. it was very, it was very very severe. Wow. Mm-hmm. But the things that I learned and the encounters that I had with Jesus in these days were priceless, actually. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, the, I actually, I, I'm just, this is one of the ideas that I might write this in a book mm. about these 24 days in the hospital, actually. 
and what I learned and what how I saw Jesus in a different way. So something good came wow. out of COVID. That's encouraging to hear too, Mike. Well, that's what that's what, that's what the Lord specializes in is taking bad you know things and redeeming them. I mean, that's that's his that's sort of his thing, I think. But and I, I would like to see an Encounters Volume Two because you still got a lot more characters that you could uh, you could write about. Yes, yes. Actually, there were some stories that I wrote and then I omitted them from this one, so I might have another part here. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. That sounds like a good idea. Right. Yeah. Well, we are going to put information about this book and Kareem's other books. Uh, This book is called The Encounters. We'll put that information in our program notes so that our listeners can get this. And it is available from Amazon. And so uh, American listeners can get that easily or anyone around the world, I guess. So, Mike, we're just so grateful to meet this man and to to share in his life with him. Yes. Well, I I want to go uh, find the, the book on the city of refuge, cities of refuge. What's that called? Yeah, it is called Jesus, Our City of Refuge. Okay. I want want to see that too. All right. Well, we'll put information about these books in our program notes. Kareem Joseph, uh, thank you, brother. Great to see you on Zoom and to make this connection with you and to have the conversation with Mike. uh, I I, I hope you'll agree to come back with us sometime. Definitely. Definitely. It would be my pleasure. And I'm I'm really, really pleased and honored to be part of, of, of today's show and to, to see you guys, really. It's a blessing. Well, thanks for uh, joining us all the way from Egypt, Kareem, and uh, giving us a piece of your time and uh, sharing with us these, these incredible books you're writing. And I, w- I want more. I w- I'm, I'm going to get the City of Refuge book today, and I'll be waiting for Encounters Volume 2. So you've got your work cut out for you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both. We conclude this conversation now with Mike's song, The Unveiling. Here's Michael Card. Hear the roaring at the rim of the world, see what every eye shall see. Behold, he's coming with the clouds, setting all the captives free. Those who long to see this day will tremble with delight As a sea of upturned faces there is bathed in endless light I am the Alpha and the Omega The one who is and was and is to come Though I was dead, now I'm alive forever Don't be afraid, I hold the keys and I have come. Once the just and gentle victim who it seemed was born to die, see him now a blaze of glory as he moves across the sky. And that majestic silhouette who's come to take his bride Still bears the healing wounds upon his hands and feet inside I am the Alpha and the Omega The one who is and was and is to come Though I was dead, now I'm alive 
I hold the keys and I have come The great unveiling of our hope The promised jubilee The revelation of our God It's all we love to see I am the Alpha and the Omega The one who is and was and is to come Though I was dead Now I'm alive forever Don't be afraid I hold the keys And I have come Michael, I'm so glad that producer Joe chose that song to follow the conversation with Kareem. Do you see the tie in there? Yeah, yeah. This the the, the idea of Jesus being unveiled and 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 in Kareem's book through all these various encounters, he's unveiled. And then uh, then as you encounter him daily in your life, he's unveiled. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty cool idea. We have another encounter coming up. We're going to hear you from the Cove talk about an encounter Jesus had with a blind man. That's in John chapter 9. That's coming up in a few moments here. A couple of listener comments. Steve wrote to us and said, It was a very humbling experience to meet you and hear you teach about Jesus at the Cove in Asheville. I've enjoyed your ministry and music for many years, but your teaching of the Word has inspired this preacher in the autumn years of his life with a renewed hunger to learn all that I can about our amazing Savior. Be blessed and continue to make your lists as long as you share them with the rest of those <laughs> who are walking along with joy mm. in the journey, he says. So don't don't stop making those lists. Yeah, uh, the, the new book I'm working on now in the life of Jesus is, is uh, basically I want to know every everything that can be known. And part of the way you organize that material is I have all these <laughs> lists. And um, that's what Steve was referring to. I remember Steve. Everything about yes, Jesus. Yes. And here's one from Blair. Uh, just a note. Uh, to you all to say what a gift each podcast is. I know you all reach and continue to bless many. The more encouraging messages and prayers sent your way, the better it is. The teaching, the music that so beautifully touches hearts and souls, the resources, and great guests are the encouragement to us. May God's loving kindness continue to overflow as you share the joy of Jesus, Blair. Wow. It just amazes me when people take the time to write and encourage, uh, encourage. Yeah, well, this us. is a great way for you to connect with people. Yeah. I think this 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 podcast era that we live in. Yeah, huh? yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a new thing for me. Well, Blair mentioned resources. Let me bring attention to our featured resource this week: the CSB Experiencing God Study Bible. It was my privilege uh, years ago to meet Dr. Henry Blackaby and talk with him several times and. This Bible is based on his Experiencing God study, so check this out, the CSB Experiencing God study Bible. At the website, csbible.com, you'll find excerpts of this Bible. It's a great way to, to uh, view it ahead of time and see what you're getting with the Experiencing God study Bible. So that's just one of the resources we make available through Michael's ministry here in the studio. Yeah, and grateful to the uh, the folks at, uh, at CSB for utilizing that you know his, his scholarship and uh, uh, and and the work that he done before that and it already affected so many people and now you combine that with a scripture, you know, with a with a study Bible. It's a it's a wonderful combination. Thanks, Michael. We're going to pause our session right there as we come to the halfway point in our podcast. We hope you'll stop by the Michael Card Music Facebook page and interact with other listeners about what you're learning in this session. 
Or you can reach us directly when you send your comments and song requests or questions via email. Write to us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Again, inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Well, there's much more teaching and insights like what you've just heard when you check out Michael's books and music. Explore all that is waiting for you at michaelcard.com. Coming up, we'll hear Michael's teaching on the life of Jesus after this message here in the studio with Michael Card. I'm glad we're partnering with the CSB. I got to see firsthand the way godly scholars work together on this Bible translation. There's so many types of editions available. I hope you'll find one that will help you get serious about reading God's Word. This month, we're featuring the CSB Experiencing God Bible. Based on the best-selling Experiencing God book and Bible study, this revised and updated edition includes immersive features that challenge you to respond to the invitation God offers to know Him, His purposes, and His ways. When you visit csbible.com, search for the CSB Experiencing God Bible. Now, when you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. Take the steps to discovering God in a personal and life-changing way. Look for the CSB Experiencing God Bible at csbible.com. Michael, we're going to take listeners to the cove here in just a moment. Remember last week we heard about the man of excuses in John chapter 5 from this series. The beauty of this podcast is if you missed that, just a few clicks away and you can listen to it and catch up with what we're doing here. Yeah. It's not like it's a radio show that if you miss the show, you miss it for good. You can uh, you can go back and listen. That's a good that's a good thing. Right. And in a moment we're going to hear from uh, John chapter 9 and that teaching at the cove. But first, Michael's going to sing this song, which many listeners say is their favorite, and I I tend to agree, God's Own Fool. It seems I've imagined him all of my life as the wisest of all of mankind. But if God's holy wisdom is foolish to men, he must have seemed out of his mind. For even his family said he was mad, and the priest said a demon's to blame. But God, in the form of this angry young man, could not have seemed perfectly sane. We, in our foolishness, thought we were wise. He played the fool and he opened our eyes. Say I 
paradox opened your eyes and blind those who say they can see. We in our foolishness thought we were wise. He played the fool and he opened our eyes. When we in our weakness believed we were strong, he became helpless to show we were wrong. And so Now let's look at chapter 9, the man born blind, who is one of my favorite people. And he is, uh, he's got to be con- contrasted with, uh, with uh, the, the, the man of excuses. Now, um, Jesus is going to heal this man born blind. And what you need to know is that in Judaism, uh, in two documents that I know of, one of them is called the Genesis Rabbah, and one of them is one of the Dead Sea Scrolls, 4Q, in the Dead Sea, they list four messianic miracles. So in Jesus' day, there was this idea that there are four miracles that only the Messiah can do. And I'll, I'll give, because the, the man born blind, this is one of the messianic miracles. Uh, the first one is to cleanse a leper. In Judaism, that was seen, that was as hard as raising the dead, cleansing a leper, because leprosy was sort of this living death. Okay? So only the Messiah can cleanse a leper. Uh, to exercising a deaf and dumb spirit, specifically. There were exorcists who were casting out demons. But a, a demon that's deaf and dumb, only the Messiah can do that, they believed. Um, third, healing a birth defect, and that's the man born blind. Healing someone who was born with a condition, it was thought only the Messiah can do that. And of course the biggie is... Raising the dead. Only the Messiah can do that. But they, they added the stipulation, raising the dead after three days. Because there's, there's this complicated idea that the spirit hovers over the body for three days until the body is no longer recognizable because of decay, and then the spirit leaves. And so only the Messiah can raise you after you've been dead for, for three days. So this is one of the uh, messianic miracles. Um, Interesting that it comes right after, and this is the elegance of John. In, Ch- in chapter 8, Jesus claims to be the light of the world. And John, in his, in his elegance, having told these for 40 or 50 years, puts the story together in this beautiful way. Jesus feeds the 5,000 and says he's the bread of life. He, he opens the eyes of a man born blind. And he, says, I'm the li- or he says, I'm the light of the world, and then he opens the eyes of a man born blind. See, that the miracles that Jesus does in John reveal his character in a really unique way. It's very elegant. That sort of elegance, is, is uh, that's a hallmark of John. So, chapter 9. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, let's stop there, Rabbi, okay. This is very important. This is going to sound like I'm being picky, but it's very important. Israelite religion, rabbinic Judaism, right? Israelite religion, rabbinic Judaism. This is just transitioning. This is just happening in Jesus' life. And what is important to realize is 
in Jesus' time, there's no such thing as an ordained rabbi yet. That's after 70 when it, the, the rabbinic Judaism really you know, dominates things, okay? After they, they, they formulate the 18 benedictions and, and these are the requirements of a rabbi and those kind of things, it gets formalized later. So this sounds picky, but it's very important. Jesus is in the period we call the proto-rabbinic period. So people are using the word rabbi, but it doesn't exactly mean everything that it, that it comes to mean. Rabbi is from the Hebrew word rav, which means great, great one. And, uh, and it was applied to teachers, and, but it, it, you get, get what I'm saying? There's no such thing as an ordained rabbi yet. That's coming. So very important in understanding that, okay? So rabbi, who sinned? Uh, this man or his parents that he was born blind. And there's Judaism in a nutshell, right? Sickness, death is a result of sin. My sister lost two babies in 13 months, both born full term um, and died. And someone in her church said, you must have done something wrong or those babies wouldn't have died. Now you groan, but that's how you think. That's how I think. Something bad happens and you think, what did I deserve to do? you know, to get this in my life. But uh, that, that uh, retributive justice business, that those, uh, those days are over. Now, we might suffer so that we can learn, and God, you know, God definitely uses suffering, but uh, it's the wrong question. And you'll notice that um, Jesus doesn't engage uh, that question. When Jesus sees sickness this is a wonderful detail from Jesus' life. When Jesus sees sickness and death, he sees an opportunity for God to be glorified. That's how he looks at the world. If you want to get into his mind, Jesus isn't asking who sinned this man or his parent. Who, whose fault is this? That's not what he asks. He looks at the hard situation and says, how can God be glorified through this? Let's make a deal that we're going to start thinking like that. A sickness, death, something hard in our lives, we'll think, hmm, let me see how God can be glorified in this. Okay. So listen to what he says. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Okay. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. There's his favorite circumlocution for God. Night is coming when no one can work while I'm in the world I'm the light of the world. So he's going to reveal who he is by the, the, the miracle that he's about to do. Having said this, he spit on the ground. Now, does Jesus have to spit to heal somebody? No. He's up to something. He's up to something. And what he's up to is breaking the oral law. The oral law, it's the Sabbath. And you're not supposed to spit on the Sabbath. It's one of those long lists of things that you can't do. You can't blow a candle out on the Sabbath. You know why? Because the wick becomes charcoal. And making charcoal is work. So you can't blow a candle out on the Sabbath. And to this day, in Orthodox Judaism, they will not flip the light switch off on Shabbat. You have what's called, I, th I think I said this already, a Sabbath goy. Goy is the, is the word for Gentile. We're, we're goys, most of us. There may be some Jewish people here. You have yourself a Sabbath goy. And your Sabbath goy will come over to your house and turn the lights off for you. Now, we roll our eyes 
and we kind of chuckle at this, which I don't think is appropriate. If your salvation depends on getting it right, you better get it right. Um, he spit on the ground, made some mud, because that's why you can't spit, because the spit might run downhill and make mud, and making mud is work. That's in the, in the Mishnah. And put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Interesting, when he heals blind Bartimaeus, he, he heals him by saying go. Interesting. I've got a list. Jesus says something different every time he heals somebody. It's pretty interesting. I got, I'll share that list with you if you're interested. Um, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. John wants you to know. His neighbors, okay, so they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, it happened, okay? Now, so he's going to get healed, but he's never seen Jesus. He's blind when he left, see? So he's never seen Jesus. Now comes this wonderful process of this man realizing who Jesus really is simply by the pressure that's put on him. And in one, in one way, his life has been, it's been wonderful what's happened to him. But in another way, his life's going to be ruined by this. And we'll see that. Okay. So, um, so he went, washed, came home seeing. His neighbors and those who'd formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claims he was, claimed he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. Motif of misunderstanding. But he himself insisted, I'm the man. It's me. How was it then that your eyes were open? Okay, get your pencil ready. They demanded. He replied, the man, there it is, that's step one. The man they called Jesus made some mud, put on my eyes. I went to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed, then I could see. So you have to tell the story over and over and over again. Where is the man, he asked him. I don't know. But let me draw your attention to verse 11. The man they call Jesus. What's different between this guy and the man of excuses? He knows his name. Right? He knows his name. So, point one for this little guy. Verse 13, Now they brought to the Pharisees the man who'd been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud, there's the whole issue right there, and opened his eyes, was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I could see. Some of the Pharisees says, this man's not from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. Now they are disregarding the fact that Jesus has done a messianic miracle. Not just a really cool miracle. A miracle that only the Messiah can do. And they're, they're, they're kept from seeing that because he, he has broken the minutia of their oral law. I mean, think about that. They're missing a messianic miracle because he broke the rules. He broke their, their rules. Uh, okay, the man's not from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others ask, and this had to be Nicodemus, but others ask, how can a sinner do so, so, uh, such miraculous sign? So they were divided. 743 is the first time this happens. So they're, they're continually uh, divided. They turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. Have your pencils ready. <laughs> the man replied, he's a prophet. See what's happening? 
the man they called Jesus put mud on my eyes. Well, what do you have to say about him? Well, he must be a prophet. What's a prophet? A person who says what God would say if he was there. That's Brennan Manning's de- definition. So note the progression. The Jews still did not believe he had been, bl- been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They ask. Is this the one you say was born blind? So they're hoping this is a hoax, right? How is it that now he can see? We know he's our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but how he can now see or who opens his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. See, we don't have, want to have anything to do with this. We know where this is going. And they're right. So often in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, what people are afraid of ends up happening. You know, the, the Pharisees say and the priests say, if we don't do something about this, the Romans are going to come and they're going to take our place. And that's exactly what happened. So what they're afraid of is going to happen. So ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. You know, here's John whispering to you, to you the explanation. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already, and I think their Jews maybe should be the Judeans maybe. Anyway. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who knowledge, acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out. Now that's not just kicked out of a building, that's kicked out of Jewish life. We talked about that. That's the end of your life as a Jewish person. Uh, they would be put out of the synagogue. That's why his parents said he's of age, ask him. We don't want to have anything to do with this. A second time they summoned the man who'd been blind, give glory to God. Now that is a formal juridical charge. What do we say? Tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's how we charge people. And this is the Jewish charge. Give glory to God. So it's in my God. We know this man uh, is a sinner. I love this guy. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know. I was blind and now I see. Don't you just love this guy? I I know one thing. I used to be blind. Now I can see. Then they ask him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Well, they they want to get back to talking about the mud and the violation of the oral law. And I love this. He answered, I've already told you, and you did not listen. Okay, this is the Supreme Court he's talking to, right? (laughs) It gets worse or better, however you want to... I already told you, and you did not listen. Uh, why do you want to hear it again? Here it is. Do you want to become his disciples too? Okay? That's funny. And John knows that's funny. He's told that story for years, and people always laugh. Every time I read it, I just wait, and everybody always laughs, because it's funny. This guy's like tweaking the nose of the Supreme Court justices, right? And he's this little nobody. So I just love this guy. Do you want to become his disciples too? They hurled insults at him. So when he says that, he goes, well, it's a hoax. Obviously, you're his disciple, and you're trying to get other disciples, so this has all been a hoax. They hurled insults at him and said, you're this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. Sidebar. How do the Pharisees get their authority? Where does their authority come from? Okay, this is chapter 1 of the Mishnah. Chapter 1 of the Mishnah. Pharisees say, uh, okay, Moses goes up on top of the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, right? Right. 
God gives him the tablets, right? Hands him the tablets, written with the finger of God, God's handwriting on these tablets. And the fragments of them are still up there. Wouldn't you like to find a corner of a tablet that had God's handwriting on it, written with the finger of God? Wow. Anyway, um, so, but then the Pharisees reason, well, Moses is up there 40 days and 40 nights, right? Right. What's he doing the rest of the time, the Pharisees ask? Their answer, he is giving to Moses the oral law. They're totally making this up. It's not in Scripture anywhere, but that's, that's their basis. So Moses comes down from the mountain. He gives the tablets of the law to the priests. They put it in the Ark of the Covenant. To the 70 elders, he entrusts the oral law, the, the Mishnah. You can't spit on the Sabbath because it'll run downhill and make mud. You can't do that. That comes from God on, on, the Mount, on Mount Sinai, according to the Pharisees. Yeah. And so we entrust the oral law to the elders, and the, the elders say, we are the descendants of the elders. We are the disciples of Moses. That is our authority. Okay? That's, that's, that's where this all comes from. Uh, we are the disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses up on the mountain, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. When in 752, they knew he was from Galilee, so there's something squirrely going on. And here, here comes my, our, our, our friend. The, the man answered, now that is remarkable. <laughs> and he's going to quote to them from their own book. This is brilliant. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes? Hmm. We know that God does not listen to sinners. Right, guys? Right? Right? He's quoting to them from their own book. He listens to the godly man who does his will. No one has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. It's a messianic miracle. Get your pencil ready. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So the man they called Jesus put mud on my eyes. I don't know. He must be a prophet. If he wasn't from God, he couldn't do anything. See what's happening? He's realizing who, this, who Jesus really is. So not just his physical eyes are open today, but his spiritual eyes are open. He's seeing who Jesus is. Okay, and he, so, but he ought not to have said that, because what happens? To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. That, by the way, is the answer, that's the answer to the original question, who sinned this man or his parents? You were steeped in sin at birth. So there, there you go. There's your answer if you've been waiting for that. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. There it is. He is banned. Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. And when he found him, so there it is again. He's look, he hears what's happened to this man, and he goes looking for him. That's, that's a miracle. My, in my mind, that's a miracle. When he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me, and I may believe in him. He's never seen Jesus. Never seen him. And Jesus says, you are seeing him. You have now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking with you. Get your pencil ready. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. So 
The man they called Jesus put mud on my eyes. I don't know. He must be a prophet. If he wasn't from God, he couldn't do anything. And then the final step, he recognizes the lordship of Jesus. Jesus said, for judgment I've come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will turn out to be blind. Radical reversal. In order to be rich, you become poor. In order to become wise, you become, embrace the foolishness of the gospel. In order, in order to become really mature, you become a child. Radical reversal. The people that claim that they can see are blind. And people that are said to be blind, I've come so that they can see. That's something, there, there, there's a moment in Jesus' life that's completely unique in uh, Luke 6. It says, and Jesus, full of joy from the Holy Spirit, it's the only, thing, only time anything like that is remotely said of Jesus. And then Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, maker of heaven and earth, that you've revealed these things to little children and you've hidden them from the wise. This is the kind of thing that fills Jesus with joy, that the world's being turned upside down. And if we want to think like him, we've got, we got to meditate on that. For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will turn out to be blind. And apparently, apparently this little clutch of Pharisees is always standing around. And I suggest to you that this is a, one particular group of Pharisees. There are two major schools in Jesus' day. There's the school of Hillel and there's the school of Shammai. Okay? Hillel eventually wins out, uh, but in Jesus' day, um, the, the school of Shammai was the, the predominant school. Shammai uh, had a very harsh view of God. Uh, the, 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 the attitude of the Pharisees who hound Jesus is indicative of the school of Shammai. The, the followers of Shammai were known to kill people who disagreed with them. Hillel on the other side was a very Christ-like person. In fact, he had his own version of the golden rule. Don't do to anybody what you don't want done to you. It's something like that. That's Hillel's negative version of the golden rule. Look, Google, Google Hillel, you know, find out about him. So all that is to say, though, there seems to be this constantly in, in hanging around Jesus, this group of Pharisees, and by the way they act, they, it looks like they're followers of Shammai. They're very harsh right? Very, uh, very harsh and judgmental and, and, uh, and violent, right? They end up being part of the plot that kills Jesus. So I think that's probably a good idea. So they hear Jesus say, uh, some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and said, what are we blind to? And Jesus says, if you were blind, you'd not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. So that is not what they wanted to hear. There's a way that a child can look at the world They see through the eyes of the heart They see meaning beyond the mystery And hear the silence of the stars So close your eyes so you can see the way he meant this world to be and under 
understand with a childlike heart the place we Good hour together. Thank you for listening. And uh, we've titled this Encountering God. Mike, any final comment today? Well, it's it, interesting to me how, you know, we, we talked about, you know, individual in, uh, encounters that Jesus had, but then we also encountered Jesus through our brother Kareem, yes. all the way from Cairo. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's just amazing to me that we, we encountered Jesus through listening to the story of the uh, the man born blind, one of the messianic miracles. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love the idea behind Joseph's book that we read about encounters that people have with Jesus. We encounter him every day. And, um, yeah, it just doesn't get any better than that. If this time together has been used by the Lord to stir up some new ideas to consider, please take a moment and pass along your comments to us or share the link with a friend or email your reactions when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. And we look forward to reading your email. Again, in the studio at michaelcard.com. Stay current with Michael's ministry and interact with other listeners when you check out the Michael Card Music Facebook page. And we're glad to point you to the wonderful resources from our sponsors of the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. This month, we're featuring the CSB Experiencing God Bible. Based on the insights from Dr. Henry Blackaby's teaching, this unique study Bible is designed to help you experience God personally. When you visit csbible.com, search for the CSB Experiencing God Bible. Now, when you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. Look for the CSB Experiencing God Bible at csbible.com. Join us again next week for another podcast session. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. We're glad you've been with us in the studio with Michael Carr.